Welcome back to another episode of Create a New Tomorrow. I am your host, Ari Gronich, and I have with me Eric Degatti. And Eric is a performance trainer. He's a physical uh, athletic performance, injury prevention, management, and rehab, systematic approach to health and wellness. He's uh, spent the last 20 years in the industry training uh, and pioneering his uh, unique approach to assessment, performance enhancement, injury prevention, etc. Each year he travels the world teaching and speaking trainers, coaches, therapists, as well as training uh, clients that include Olympic gold medalists, uh, Gatorade, and NG players of the year, all Americans, national champions, World Series champions, and Pro Bowl athletes. It's quite a resume you have. Um, very, uh, very astute kind of resume. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, how you got to this place where you are the man behind the men and the women. Got it. Well, well thank you for having me here. Um, so, uh, like I said, a little over 20 years ago, I got involved in, in helping people get better uh, on the initially just on the physical side and then realizing there's a lot more to it than that. And that's kind of what started my journey of kind of finding a system that worked to, to getting people to, to be their best. And um, along that way, uh, it, I've gotten to do uh, some pretty cool things, like you mentioned. Um, and and with that, to, to this day, still accumulating more and more information that can kind of make that system work a little bit better and and having this growth mindset of saying okay well if there's something that can allow one of my clients one of my teams to to be able to be better tomorrow from this or even if it's a better way of delivering that information that's kind of what i've been uh gaining over the over the last 20 plus years of of doing that um and that's kind of what gets me to to where i am now awesome so what do you think is the biggest deficiencies that you've seen in, you know, the, the training, the teaching, the educational side that that's kind of given you an opportunity to have a career because you're filling a gap, right? So what's that gap that you're filling and why do you think that the industry hasn't kind of, let's say made it with the times come up with, you know, the present moment? Why do you think it's taken them so long? Um, I, I think a lot of, of the dogmatic way in which we're taught on, uh, whether it's on the, the clinical side of rehab or whether it's on the, the training side of performance, is it's a lot of a this for that mentality, right? So if, it, if it's uh, someone on the rehab side that, okay, well, if, if they can't pr perform this movement, this is tight and this is weak. Um, on the performance side, well, if they can't do this, well, then you got to do these exercises. And it, I, I wish it was that simple. Um, and, and, and early on, it was a lot of that. It was, it was find a problem, prescribe, you know, uh, something specific for it. And, and that works to a certain extent. But unless you really get a full grasp on the whole picture, um, you end up missing out on a lot of things. I get, I get that. You know, here, here's a, a question that I have. And it's something that I see in the industry quite a bit. And that is a failure to diagnose, meaning the assessment system that we're trained in originally and, and what is used mostly are things like visual assessments, um, 
very brief conversational uh, moments, especially if you're a trainer, you're literally, you know, you do a 10, 15 minute conversation and then try to sell a package, right? Instead of doing a deep diagnostic. And so the question becomes, as you just started, you know, saying, you had to explore things further. So what are the assessments that you have chosen to do the way that you choose to do diagnostics so that you can get a better starting place? Okay. So the, 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 the initial starting place is that, uh, is just that conversation and the art of that conversation. And you can, and how do you do that right? And, and if your motive is selling a, a training package, then you're already off base. But, but the asking some key, I've asked like the same six key questions for 20 years, but where it's taken the, the journey for each individual that's come in the door has been completely unique. And the first question is something as simple as like, why are you here? What is your primary goal? Instead of me trying to sell you on what I do, why are you even here? And, and figure out, okay, and then keep asking why, like a two-year-old to say, okay, well, I, I'm here because I want to, I want to uh, be faster. Well, faster for what? Who's chasing you? Right. And say, okay, well, faster because I'm a football player. Okay. Well, what position do you play? And okay, well, what do you think's holding you back from that speed and keep asking those questions. And then, and then from there, we can start to, to open up some doors of conversation to say, okay, well, now I got to look at to see, are those really the reasons? Awesome. You know, <clears throat> I have things like uh, client contracts and obligations that, that they have to meet when I'm working with them. So it sounds to me like you're definitely doing the things to get people on board with their own healing. I guess my, my questions are, are a little more systematic versus, you know, your particular system, like the systems that we experience on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, why, why do you have a job as a specialist training the people who are really the day-to-day -day people that are working with these elite athletes? And I, I asked this actually of a couple of my Olympic clients, uh, when I interviewed them as well on, on the podcast, like, why did you need me? <laughs> why was, mm -hmm. why was I somebody you couldn't get in all of the, with all the people that are there specifically for you? Um, I think a lot of that comes back to first, it was about them, right? Uh, I had two, uh, pro baseball players in this morning. And they said they went to another facility last year for training and they, they were told that this was going to be a completely individualized program and it was all based exactly on what they needed. And then they realized about a, a week or two in that they were doing the same program as every other high school kid in the, in, in the place. And that every time that we're doing something, um, they can make a connection to something that they've, uh, that either we discovered in the assessment or that they've even told me and that it's making that connection. So there's that realization that this is not training to get good at training. This is training to get good. And this is good specifically for what you need. That's awesome. You know, <clears throat> I, I, th I believe that program design and development is probably the number one biggest thing that helps a trainer, an athlete, a patient in any, of any kind, 
and that it is probably the least done in the industry. The least thing done, it will help, it would help the most. And yet it's the least thing done. Like I can remember just in my own personal experiences going after car accidents or after injuries to therapists, chiropractors, PTs, et cetera. And no one spoke to each other. No one had conversations about care. Nobody actually created a plan of care. It was, it's always just been, ah, come in, we'll see what we can do today. And then come in tomorrow. We'll, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll just do what we can. And it's never been a, here's where we're going. This is the plan. This is why. And now we're off on this adventure together of fulfilling the plan, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I used to have a, a, a criteria when I, I owned my own uh, multidisciplinary facility for, for 12 years. Um, and then I got kind of too busy with consulting and doing that kind of stuff. So I moved on. But when I did, I had a staff of, of eight trainers. And so to make sure that we kept the brand true and, and this, the, that you, um, the, the level of care up, you know, one of the things that I always say is that uh, you are not here to show exercises. I said, you can get that for free at YouTube. No one needs to pay you for that. Yeah, you know, not only to them, but to yourself. It, you're, you're doing an injustice to yourself because if you're settling for less than what you're capable of, then you're basically allowing yourself to have stunted growth. Yeah, well, and then not only that, you're not really distinguishing yourself. And like, like you said about, you know, why does that certain client look, you know, seek me out? They drive past a lot of gyms and trainers to get to me that are a lot easier, you know, uh, maybe cheaper and, and more, uh, um, you know, more local to where they are, but they're not going to get that. And so unless you, you're willing to, to distinguish yourself, and that also means you're putting yourself out there a little bit. And that's the same thing goes with the assessment is to say, if I'm going to tell you we're doing this to improve this and it doesn't. Well, that's me putting it out there. That's where I, I want to have the confidence that um, I can get you there. And if I also don't have the ego to say, well, we tried this and it didn't work. That's not the path. Let's quickly scrap that and let's go to something else. And that's okay. So <clears throat> we've kind of gone through some of how an audience member might choose differently when they're choosing their therapists or trainers or, or people. What's the number one thing that you might say to a trainer therapist person if they're operating under the standards of care and they are afraid of moving away from that in order to actually get results because of being investigated or having licenses looked at i know a lot of chiropractors have moved under that functional medicine by taking away their DC and, and joining organizations like the uh, Pastoral Medical Association, for instance, in order to, to basically shift their liabilities. But uh, what would you say to somebody who is looking at the system and going, this is not working and I'd really like to see it change because I do like activists. So. Um, 
I think the more you can prove um, that you can get to the same point faster, um, it's going to leave you time to do those types of things that you want. And not so much to your point of the scope of practice, but, but let's say if you get really good at, at, at your assessment piece and the ability to, to kind of ascertain what someone needs, you can sharpshoot much more what it is that you want to do in terms of treatment. So, you know, it goes back to, you know, Abraham Lincoln said, if you, you give me, you know, five hours to cut down a tree, I'm going to spend the first four and a half sharpening the, the, the blade. And so if you can really dial in your assessment while the, the therapist at the table next to me or the trainer on the floor next to me is spending three weeks trying to figure out how to address this issue, I get it done in, in three days because I took more time up. I invested the time up front and I was able to sharpshoot as opposed to taking the shotgun approach to everything. Now, what that does is the other 27 days or, or that I have that you don't have that you were kind of fumbling in, in doing trial and error, that gives me the freedom to do a lot more things. Anyway, I really appreciate you coming on, helping, helping to expose some of this stuff. Um, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about how people could get a hold of you if they'd like to, and uh, any tips or tricks? I know you've started, you know, stated a number of them, but any tips or tricks for helping create a new tomorrow today? Yeah. Um, well, in terms of uh, finding uh, finding me, you could just the easiest place is just go to my website, which is Eric Degatti, E R I C D A G A T I uh, dot com. And then you have all my social media and so forth that you can find on there and feel free to reach out with any questions uh, directly through that. And then in terms of um, uh, any tips is I, I go back to those, what I call the three big things of, of move, fuel and reset and don't lose sight of those. And if, you, if you're not where you want to be, there's, there's something missing in one of those three buckets, if not all of them. Um, and we can get away with having something missing in, in some of those buckets if we're strong enough in the other two to make up for it. Um, but you can't drain all three of those. Um, and so looking at making sure, do I move well? And if I do move well, do I move enough? Um, if, uh, or do I not move well, but I move too much, right? Any one of those combi combinations is not good. Um, and then the second is, is fuel. What am I putting into my body, whether it's a whether it's what I eat, what I drink, or what I, what I think and, and listen to and, and, and experience and, and expose myself to, because that all leaves an imprint, just like every cell in your body is made out of, of, of amino acids from the proteins and, and, um, and glycogen from, from the sugars and, and fatty acids and cholesterol from your fats. All your cells are, are a byproduct of, of what your fuel is. And the same thing goes for, for what's going on on a, on a larger scale with your spirit. And that's fuel that you put in um, into your head. And then the last piece is you're giving yourself a chance to reset. Um, and then with that reset, that reset doesn't always have to be um, an external thing. It's meaning that a reset doesn't mean that I go to a cryo tank every day or I got a, a couple hundred dollar massage gun or those things, not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but if you're constantly relying on those, you're probably, you know, off somewhere else that am I sleeping right? And am I getting uh, the right reset? Am I breathing right? Even those, those simple things, if you can check those boxes, then a lot of the other stuff falls into place. So establishing the right habits in those three categories, I think is the biggest thing to get started. And then you want to get down into the weeds. We can certainly do that, but not until you've checked those three boxes first. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Eric, for, for coming on, for providing the audience with your uh, education, your wisdom. And, uh, and I look forward to seeing what you create in, in our industry and uh, the movement that develops because you're teaching this kind of system and this kind of care to, uh, to our industry. So thank you very much for that. All right. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, remember to like, subscribe, rate, review, comment below so we can create conversations that matter and create a new tomorrow today. Activate our vision for a better world. I am your host, Ari Gronich, and this has been another episode. Thank you so much for being here.